Welcome to Career Tools. This week, choosing a company to work for. Chapter six. Here we go. Folks, voting has opened for the podcast awards. Please, between now and November 15th of 2013, cast your vote daily for Manager Tools as Best Business and People's Choice Podcast. We appreciate it. Okay, so we're going to continue our series about talking about how to choose a company to work for. Yeah. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from people about the various parts of the series, and they're glad we broke it up into details. Um, we're trying to get down into the weeds. A lot of us, when we're thinking about leaving a company, things are bad, and we just want to get out. And unfortunately, that's not good usually, because you make bad decisions in a rush. It's better to take some time, and if you're smart, you... Think about the companies you could work for, and you think about which ones might be better or worse. You develop contacts at the company. You take your time. You dot your I's. You cross your T's. This is a perfect series for high C's. And we've covered compensation and values and industry stability and reputation. And we also want to cover opportunities. So tell us about those. Okay, so we're going to talk about some of the things that people think indicate good opportunities and whether or not those things do actually indicate you know if you go to a job in that company whether that will give you the kind of promotion and the kind of um, salary increases and all the kind of things that we we want to have you know in terms of opportunities at our jobs so some of the common indicators that don't necessarily indicate the kind of opportunities that you might think they do are companies with lots of cash the place of the product in the marketplace. People get this wrong all the time. Company reports and our summary for startups, which is slides, ballrooms, and free food. <laughs> which is all those things that seem fun, but don't necessarily mean opportunities. And then we talk about some more subtle indicators like institutionalized development, regular advancement of good people, and steady successful growth. It sound boring, but probably actually indicate more better opportunities. Yeah, and I think what's important here is we're adding to the list of things that people will consider. Some people ignore some of this. Some people will say, that's not as important to me. But every single time you evaluate a company, you're adding all of these things to the list. And it's way better to have a long checklist, which you periodically choose to, to not focus on a couple of areas in. So that when you come up on a new company and you're not really sure how to evaluate it, you've got a fair checklist. You're, you're doing your best to compare apples to apples. And we're just adding to the checklist so that you'll have a long one and feel good. A really detailed checklist will help you feel better about a decision you make when there are some uncertainties associated with that. Yeah. Okay. So there are some common indicators, obviously, that are issue, that are relate, issues related to the health of the companies. And they're, they're oftentimes things that are talked about in the press. Yeah. So they're kind of information that's freely available and that people have often the opinion pages have information on. And of course, opinion is not fact. And often they're kind of, they're kind of a bit fluffy. They're not, they're not really the things that you need to know. So like, they're, they're like, buying a car based on the color rather than the fuel consumption and the safety. If a company's got a slide, yay! <laughs> but are you <laughs> going to use the slide every day? Or is it better to know that as a project manager and, you know, you'll be a program manager in two years? 
Personally, right. I'd go for the company that's a program manager, but that that's not necessarily true for everyone. And sometimes you you know you you just want the pink car. So <laughs> it, it, the, all of these things are they're not better or worse. some of them are better or worse, but they're all personal choices you make at the time. What we're trying to tell you is make a choice consciously and don't just take a just take a job or be mind boggled by the pink and and take the pink car without thinking about some of the other things and whether or not they're important to you. Yeah, and and again, we're creating a long list so that you can create a checklist and compare companies, essentially create a matrix, and it's better to have a long list. Even if you don't have data on something, thinking about it a little bit will help you at least draw a rough conclusion about it. So we want you to make a good decision that works for you. And no two of you are alike who are listening, and you're going to make different decisions. But that doesn't mean you won't have a common framework for thinking about things. So you mentioned companies with lots of cash. Now, I think of companies with lots of cash as that's a good thing. I mean, all, yeah. all things being equal, I'd prefer to go to a company with a lot of cash. A lot of cash and, and no debt is better than debt and no cash, right? That, right. that makes perfect sense. But the thing about having a lot of cash is it's like your personal finances if you have a lot of cash in your checking account and no investments and a good investment consultant would tell you to go invest some of that cash sure you need some short-term cash some available cash but it's not doing a lot for you in your checking account you should invest it in whatever you know risk profile you want to invest it and that's what companies ought to be doing too they shouldn't be sitting on piles of cash because the point of a company is not to create cash it's to multiply money and in order to do that they need to invest whether that's in capital in equipment in in, in people in buying other companies that they should be turning over that cash in order to create a bigger company that's the point of a company right uh, i do think i do think the popular business press including the wall street journal has put a, a focus on cash in the last 10 years or so in picard in part because there are companies that are popular that deliver consumer products apple being the most yeah. common of them that have created a lot of that, that have a lot of cash and it is something that can be counted we can talk about apple and it's a large number. What most people don't realize is, is, is you're, you're basically saying is most companies don't have that much cash because they have investment opportunities. They're taking that cash and spending on stuff. Having a lot of cash simply means the company doesn't believe it has a way to invest that money at a rate that will bring it back more return than what they're presently doing. So you could argue that it's Apple or some other company with a lot of cash doesn't have enough ideas to spend their money on right now. Or, and I think in deference to some companies who have a lot of cash, they would say, even if we did spend it on it, we don't have the resources to scale up fast enough in terms of the number of people to, to take advantage of, of that good idea. And 30 years ago, nobody was talking about companies with tons of cash, partially because the market was good and there was plenty of opportunities. And when the market starts getting good and companies with a lot of cash realize there are investment opportunities or buying other company opportunities, their cash hoards will go down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So companies can buy back stock if they're public companies. They can buy back the shares that they gave out to people. And that's a, a form of reducing their debt. But if you hear that the company that you're thinking about going to has a ton of cash, 
but travel budgets are tight and training's been cancelled. Those are kind of indicators that they're keeping the cash, but they're not investing in their people. So that may be less of an opportunity than you want it to be. Right. Another thing that companies can do when they have a lot of cash is make acquisitions. So they buy another company that has access to a market or skills or patents. Sometimes companies are bought for patents so or patents. You say patents, right? No, you say patents. We say patents. <laughs> See, now I don't even know what language I speak. <laughs> <laughs> but they make the acquisitions in order to gain some benefit to the company. But the danger for you, if you're thinking about going to work for that company that's about to make an acquisition or is, is likely to make an acquisition, is that the company sells that idea to the people that have to approve it by saying, we can bring these two companies together and we can improve the way we work. So we can get rid of the 10 people that work in accounts receivable because we've already got an accounts receivable department. So acquisitions in the short term usually reduce the number of opportunities, not increase them. Okay. What about using cash for expansion? Well, again, that's like something that companies are supposed to do, right? They're supposed to go find new markets. Apparently Porsche wants to sell Porsches, Porsches in Africa, which seems a little odd to me, but apparently they want to um, sell in 15 new countries by 2020, and some of them are in Africa. Okay. So they can do new countries or they can do new products. So you, you know, that's why you get like new versions of shampoo that have something you've never even thought of. Anti-aging shampoo is the new thing, apparently. I see. Okay. <laughs> and those companies are using cash wisely in investing in the different places, but there's risk when you go to a new country or you try a new product, because it's not necessarily going to work. Like if you look at the history of companies, there's plenty of things that have flopped. So if you're the guy who marketed anti-aging shampoo and no women bought it, you might find difficulty finding your next job. Expansion is a good thing. There's a lot of opportunity. You could be the guy who, who sold anti-aging shampoo and created a new category or it could flop. So you want to assess the risk versus the opportunity there for yourself. Yeah, so I think the way to sum this up is to say this. Having a lot of cash is not bad for a company. But having a lot of cash and calling that good for a company in terms of choosing it is probably the wrong approach because there are good and bad things associated with you going to work for a company that has a lot of cash. It may not simply mean it's a safe bet. It could be. Absolutely. It's certainly better than no cash at all. But using that as a criteria is something that we've heard about lately that we just don't agree with generally, unless that's super, super important to you. And we would argue that probably you're not thinking deeply enough about that. Okay. This next one is my favorite, how a company's products fit into the marketplace, their place in the marketplace. And, and a lot of people pay attention to that. And the problem with it is it changes, right? Yeah. When Apple bought out iPads, they were the only people who had tablets. And now there's a bunch of people, including Microsoft, who have tablets. And so there's a bunch of competition. If you were the Apple iPad guy to start with, you had no competition and you were selling them as fast as you could make them. But that's not the case now. And every product 
goes through that cycle and then companies find ways to differentiate the products again and show how they're different and and sell them that's what the guy in the the voiceover in any ad is doing it's saying this is why this product is special and there's different opportunities at different places of the product in the marketplace so when it's new there's different opportunities to when it's you know become ubiquitous and that's another thing you've got to think about of where is this product? How long is it going to last? Yeah, so choosing a company based on a particular product or a particular product line in general is not a good idea because over time products trend from new and unique and potentially highly profitable to what we would think of as commoditization. We don't mean that all products ultimately become commodities because they don't, but there is a trend away from profitability, away from, if you'll pardon the expression, sexiness. And people who say, well, I want to go to work for company X because they have product so-and-so. If you're suggesting that that product is indicative of something that's important to you, like cutting edge technology or higher level profitability in something that traditionally has been low profitability, fine. If you believe that's a competitive advantage of the company, great, there's no problem with that. But simply saying, I wanna go to work for that company because they made that product, in part, particularly when we see this a lot with young people, and again, particularly with consumer products, yeah. that that product is interesting to me, I really like it. Um, that product won't be as important in five or 10 years, and you're gonna have to be at the company for 25 or 30 years. The other side of this coin, I'll, I'll tell you, is we've talked before about the industry somebody's going to work for, and it had nothing to do with products, but at least in a, in a specific way. But my good friend, John Hoffman, who ended up being the chief operating officer at Applied Materials, when he got out of the Army in, oh, I think it was 1989, he said, he, I mean, he, he, John had terrible grades at the academy and was one of the best officers I've ever met in my entire career, probably one of the four or five best leaders I've ever known. When John got out of the Army, with my help, he, when he interviewed with Applied Materials, he says, how could I go wrong with Applied Materials? They're in the chip manufacturing business. How is that not going to be a great industry for the next 30 years? Now, he didn't have opportunities at, at, at Applied Materials competitors, and he wasn't going to work there for the product, but he was going to work there for the industry. And he saw that his career was going to last probably 30 years or so, and he realized that industry was going to be good for the next 30 years. So we're not suggesting that you're not thinking about the product, you're not thinking about the company, you're not thinking about the industry. But paying attention to where what a particular product is doing in the marketplace at that time is probably an evanescent thing. It's ephemeral. It's going to go away, and you're going to be left at the company. Now, there are some people who would say, well, you go from great product to great product to great product. That's true. You can do that. It's much more true today that you can have a career by going to five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten companies than, say, 30 or 40 years ago when people stayed at the same company. That is a much harder lift for most people, and it's far better to make decisions that will take you 5, 10, 15, 20 years into the future and then decide to make a change rather than make a decision that you know darn well you're going to have to revisit in a year or two. And it depends where you are in your career, right? If you've only got 10 years until you want to retire, then industry that's not going to change for 10 years or 15 years is, is great. But if you're right at the beginning of your career and you're going to be there for 50 years, there's a whole Yep. I mean, I don't think you can predict for 50 years, but you want to find something that's got some longe longevity. Yeah. Okay, the next one you said, a mistake that people make is focusing too much on company reports. Yeah. So every public company 
that is one with stocks that's reported on one of the stock exchanges has to issue reports to the shareholders which tell them how their the company's money is is managing their money every shareholder is effectively given the company a few dollars and the company then has to report on what it's doing with all of those dollars and they have to be truthful because they're audited but they also are a kind of sales document so they're they're persuasive as well as truthful and you know just because nobody you know the the last 15 years we've discovered that companies can be public re- publicly reporting and all sorts of things are happening behind closed doors that are either not it's not necessary to report them or somebody is not found the problem or nobody's shouting fire so everyone assumes there is no fire so what we're saying is don't just take the company report at face value and think okay they say there's a hundred opportunities there i'm gonna go work there you know broader reading broader information will help you make a better decision than one source which is a sales document and therefore not necessarily giving you all of the picture in fact, my general rule is so few people read company reports on such a regular basis. The vast majority of people who take up one in order to read it to learn about a company they may go to work for don't know what they're reading and think that the number may in fact be good when they have no comparison. You know, if you've read a hundred fiction books, you can give a rough idea of what your top two or three are. If you've read one, you probably have to, to say, be your well, top that's one. the best one. <laughs> Um, and, and most people, frankly, don't know how to read a financial report. They don't know how to read uh, a 10K. They don't know how to read a, a stock listing. Um, so be cautious. Now, if you ha- know somebody who says, well, here's the reasons why I think that document you're reading are good, that's great. And again, we're not saying don't use this data. Just be careful. This data is probably overweighted by a lot of folks. Says, oh, you definitely need to read the financial reports. And they tell people to do that. And that person's never read a financial report and really doesn't know what they're looking at. Thanks, everybody. Another good week with Queer Tools. Come back next week. 